Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. I am so excited about this week's episode with Tom Telesco, Champion Your Life. This episode is going to be phenomenal because Tom is just so passionate about inspiring others to reach their full potential. Through his own story of resilience, Tom reveals how he achieved the pinnacle of success twice, only to have lost it all. Rather than letting the knockdowns become knockouts, he chose to get back up and fight. Thank you to Mr. Tom for joining us today. You know, I met Tom at a conference in Florida and we were in the hallway and we talked about our goals. He asked me a question, something like, what's your crazy huge goal right now, Allison? And I ask this question to people all the time, but many times people don't ask it back to me. And I I didn't share the goal. I just said, you know, Tom, it's bigger than me. And I'm, I'm afraid of it actually. And he stopped me and he said something so profound. He said, Allison, you can't have faith and fear at the same time. So if you have faith, right? If you have faith, why do you have fear? You shouldn't be afraid at all. And it has stuck with me every single day since. And so I'm grateful for that conversation. I know that it gets me through the times of fear because as we're growing and evolving into becoming the best version of ourselves and serving in a bigger way, it can be a little bit scary sometimes, at least for me it was. But when I recognize like if I have faith, I can't have fear at the same time, I put my energy into having my faith. And I think that that's been really, really uh, transformational for me. And I I really appreciate that conversation that Tom had with me. And so I want to welcome Tom. Tom, hello. How are you? I'm so excited for you uh, to to be on our launch podcast today. Well, thank you, Allison. It's it's an honor to be here. Um, I've been watching a lot of what you're doing. I know you and my wife have talked um, in regards to personal development and things uh, in in that lane. And um, I'm just very impressed with everything you're doing with your two books and your business and your your seminars and your third book that will be coming out shortly that we just talked about. I am amped up about that. So thanks for having me on the call today. Yes, absolutely. I am so excited. And I think, you know, the great thing about you, Tom, is you have such a passion to help people. And I, you know, as I have been talking to your wife and experiencing kind of what it is you do to serve and and hearing your story, it just inspires me. It inspires me to take bigger steps in my own life. And I think that's where really awesome. Um, It's something to be said when you surround yourself with brilliant people, you see brilliant things and it inspires you to take action in your life. And that's how you impact me, Tom. So I'm really excited about this conversation. And I know that the people on the podcast are going to be able to really learn so much from you. So Tom, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself today. Yeah. uh, Fantastic. Well, I have been, um, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning just to get you up to speed quick. I've had two big dreams in my life. Um, When I was a little kid, the only thing I wanted to do is I wanted to be an all-star catcher for the New York Yankees. And, um, you know, through 20, well, I don't want to say 20 years of playing baseball, but that's right around when my career ended. I had a arm reconstruction done because my arm severed in half. Uh, The bone, my humerus bone 
snapped in half and I had to have reconstructive surgery. So that dream went down the drain. My second big dream, the one I'm living today, uh, was birthed in me when I heard Zig Ziglar speak from the stage back in 1996. I was in the front row and I could literally see the mist come out of his mouth when he talked um, to the people in the audience about uh, inspiration and motivation and, 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 you know, achieving goals. And when I saw him speak, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So for the last 24 years now, I've been in a relentless pursuit of that. And um, it's, it's really shifted everything in my life because I've been surrounded by great leaders my whole life. Um, my parents have done did a great job raising me up despite some of my tendencies to go off track every once in a while. But uh, what I came to realize is that we live in a world where, you know, if, if you're in the space of personal development and self-help, you think that's the norm. But in all reality, it's not. Most people out there are wondering, what am I to the next level? And sometimes it takes people like us that are, you know, either on podcasts or listening to podcasts to understand that there is another way of thinking. There is another way to shift your mindset. And more importantly, there is a deeper level of belief that you can have in yourself. But until you're aware that that is possible, you don't go and search for it. So you tend to settle for what life has handed you. Um, so my goal in life is to help people recognize the greatness that's inside of them, um, to help them unpack and reveal the, the hidden identity that they have inside of themselves. I believe everybody is born with a champion inside of them. Uh, sometimes it just takes a trainer or a coach to help pull that out of them to, you know, really sometimes just hold up a mirror in front of them and say, do you see what I see? And that's really what drives me. That's truly what drives me. Oh, that's so good. And so, Tom, how did your arm get hurt? I was, well, actually, I was throwing a football. I was throwing a 50-yard pass, and I released the ball, and my arm just snapped in half. And when I fell to the ground, I didn't know it snapped, um, but when I was on the ground and they tried to lift me up and they pulled me, tried to pull me up by my hands, my one arm, uh, the bone had severed in half. So I had to have reconstructive surgery at that point in time. But what had happened, you know, because the technology really wasn't out. I mean, when I grew up, I remember um, one of my Christmas gifts was getting the the, uh, the bionic man. I don't, I'm going to call it a doll because I don't know what else to figure. Um, and that was based off a TV show in the, the, I don't know, maybe the 80s or the early or the late 70s um, about a man that got reconstructed. And when he got reconstructed after he was an astronaut and his spaceship shuttle crashed and they found him. He was barely alive and they rebuilt him with all these bionic parts. Well, back when my arm busted up in probably early nineties, uh, they didn't have that technology. So I had to allow my bone time to, you know, heal itself. So they set my arm and for about a year I couldn't, I was in a cast where my cast was attached to my body and the bone didn't reconnect. So they had to go in and put a cadaver bone in my arm and then my bone fused with the cadaver bone and, you know, the arm grew back together and, uh, you know, it's pretty freaky now when I think about it. Um, but that was really strange to me. I had broken bones every year pretty much in my life because I played hard. That was really when I realized that the thing that I had set my mind on my whole life was not going to happen anymore. And I really had to find a direction to start looking into what else do I want to do? Not what else could I do? We can all do a lot, but what do you want to do? Mm. 
That's so, I mean, it's, it did it. So your dream essentially got crushed and you're going, Oh no, now what? So Mm -hmm. walk us through that process. I, I know you saw Zig speak and that was inspiring, but what, what, you know, was it that, was it that speech? Was it, were you out there looking for something different? Because I think a lot of the people that listen, you know, they're in that place of feeling like I want more, but I just don't know where even to start. And so walk us through that process for please. Yeah. and, And that's interesting thing let me let me uh, tell you this other story too because i think this speaks into really you know it it, it helps people understand that some goals that you want to achieve are possible and some just are not realistic so when i was i think it was 1979 so i was like eight or nine years old i think i was in fourth grade and it was right it was actually right before my 10th birthday and the catcher for the new york yankees uh, his name was thurman munson he died in a plane crash and when I heard my dad talking about it, I became totally upset. And I, I told my dad, I went, I said, daddy, I, I, I got to quit school tomorrow. I've got to go try out for the Yankees. Now I was so laser locked into being the all-star catcher for the Yankees. I didn't realize that my age did not line up with the reality of the situation. What I thought the only thing I needed was new catcher's equipment that matched their uniforms as to the equipment that I had. So, you know, it's almost, you almost have to, when you, you had said, uh, what was that thing about you, you have a dream that you're going after, but there was fear inside of you. Mm-hmm. I believe that if a dream doesn't scare you, it's probably the wrong dream. Um, <laughs> You know, when I, when I told my dad, I should go, I need to go try out. I didn't realize that a 10 year old or a nine year old at the time, uh, two weeks away from being 10, um, really can't match up to that. But my mindset was so crystal clear and laser focused on that goal that I thought it was a possibility. And I remember right around the time when I started to, you know, pursue going into speaking and coaching and uh, personal development, it was right after the time I heard Zig Ziglar speak, I I learned a quote from Earl Nightingale. It was on his uh, recording called The Strangest Secret. And he had this quote and I loved it. And it's this, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. He says ideal, but realistically in today's languaging, it would be success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. So when I heard Zig Ziglar speak, I was like, okay, now I'm locked in on a new target. Now success is progressive. It's not something that's automatically going to happen. And sometimes it may not always be clear. But when I wrote my book, Champion Your Life, I recognize that there's a progression to success. And I'm going to, I want to lay this out in the beginning of our time today, because I want people to recognize that, you know, when I saw Zig speak, I just knew I wanted to be on stage. I didn't know that there was a process or ways to do it. I just felt in my spirit that that is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. But this is what I've found. And I wrote about it in my book, Champion Your Life, is that there's three steps to becoming a champion. There's three phases, I guess you would say. The first phase is the spectator phase. And that is when we're usually standing on the sidelines. We may not be aware we're watching something that can impact our lives, but when we're spectators, that's basically what we're doing. We're just observing. We're seeing something. It could be, you know, going to an athletic performance or going to a concert. And you're like, wow, you know what? I really think that's something I want to do. And that's when we really start to craft our vision and we start to plan 
what are we going to do to get to where we want to go? But it's not until you cross a certain line as a spectator that you start to pursue the goal. When you cross that line, you go from being a spectator to becoming a contender. And a contender is somebody that's going to go fight for whatever their goal is, whether there's fear, like you said, Allison, there's a little bit of fear sometimes, um, or obstacles you're still going to fight for that dream every day as a contender. And then eventually through enough victories and some defeats, you're going to get to the point where you have the opportunity to actually walk across another line. And that's when you do become a champion. So you go from being a spectator to a contender to being a champion. There's three phases. Mm, That is so good, Tom. I'm like, Oh, yes. So that's so it's so good for people to hear that, because I think a lot of times people want to jump right to the champion phase. and They don't understand that there is a process that you must go through and you need to grow in each one of those areas. Right. Like I think, you know, um, and and that consistency compounds. And so like one of my mentors, Cliff Macklin, he would say to me, like, um, you need to to consistently just keep going. You need to have that laser focus in on that thing and you can't give up. And he would just say, keep going. Allison, keep going. Every time that I would call him and I would be like in one of those phases, right? I'm in the (laughs) contender and I'm fighting for my goal and somebody's telling me no, or I'm having, you know, I'm stumbling or it's not working how I think it's supposed to work. And I would give him a call. He would be the person that would say, Allison, keep going. And I think that all of us, especially when we're going after becoming a champion, need those you know, those external voices to like cheer us on those coaches and those people that are looking for the good in us, because otherwise what happens is you're in, you're in that fight and it can be, it can hurt, right? Like it can be painful. And I think, you know, that's definitely when you're going through that champion um, process, it's so important. So I love that you share that. Oh, okay. So you decide that you are going to become a professional speaker and trainer and you are going to make a big impact. How did that feel to you? Like once you saw him, was it just like automatically a light bulb went off and you were like, that's it. Oh yeah. That it it was that simple. Um, and it's funny, here's, here's the thing. Um, it was at a get motivated, uh, seminar and, um, you know, there, so there were a lot of great speakers and I think Zig's the one that really captured my attention. And it was funny because I was like completely dialed into what he was talking about. And then, um, at the closeout of his talk, he started talking about his faith. And when he did that, it completely turned me off. Um, and it, it's, it's ironic that it turned me off because the thing that turned me off became my main passion in life is to really speak into people's lives. And I do it through a faith-based message. Now, here's where the problem came in. I was raised in the Catholic Church. And back in that period of my life, I believe that the only people that should be talking about God or faith were, you know, priests and nuns. And so it, here's the thing. Sometimes your dream will be revealed to you in a context that feels right, but then sometimes there's going to be a part of that where it does not feel right. And uh, what I've come to find, uh, you know, and this this came later in in life, is that when you know when you find a thing that aggravates you or upsets you, um, you know, to a point, this is the way I say it to people: when you find the thing that breaks your heart you'll have found the hurt that you're called to heal. Now, I know that doesn't line up exactly with where 
um, I was at with being turned off by Zig talking about his faith. But what became so powerful in my life is that after I reached the pinnacle of success twice in my life and lost it all, my faith really rose up during those periods of time. And I started to look at people from a different perspective. It wasn't always about, hey, can I help you get to success? But when people are usually on that journey to find the next level of, you know, I don't know, excellence, performance, whatever you're you, however you want to call it, there's something that might be missing. And sometimes it's hope. Mm. And when people lose their hope, then that is really where I shine. Because like I said before, when you find the thing that breaks your heart, you'll have found the hurt you're called to heal. And mine mm. is helping people find hope. And the reason I want to talk to you about that right now is because after I started to pursue my goal of speaking, um, I was about two years into the goal. And then I suffered a major catastrophic medical condition that almost took my life. And it was almost like breaking my arm and not being able to play baseball. I thought to myself, how am I ever going to do what I want to do after what I just went through? I was laid out. I lost everything. And, and I just couldn't figure out how to get my legs back underneath me. Now, you may be, you may be asking yourself, what was your medical condition? Are you curious mm-hmm. to know what that was? I am. I am. Okay. Well, this is something that, and this is the reason that I ended up writing Champion Your Life, is because I wanted to be able to add value to people that have gone through stuff. Um, I think that we can go through physical challenges and um, find ways around them. But when hope drops out, um, that's, that's a journey that you have to go on. So let, let's go back to what Zig Ziglar did. He was inspiring people. He was encouraging people. He was calling people up to their next level of greatness. And in my pursuit of that dream, I fell into a depression. I had a nervous breakdown and I suffered in that breakdown for over two years. Mm-hmm. So now my dream was getting extinguished on a daily basis. And I had lost all of my hope, but that was the medical part of it. That was the condition part of it. You know, when people go through those types of situations in their lives, it doesn't seem like there's any bright light (laughs) in the universe, let alone like a light bulb in the refrigerator when you open it up. It's like staring into a dark space. So how can someone become a motivator and an inspirational encourager when they suffered from depression? And I had to fight that battle. And then that became the hurt that I was uniquely qualified to help heal in other people. Mm, that's so good. Oh, I'm so grateful that you shared that, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. I mean, you know, it's too often we aren't vulnerable to the, the difficult things and the brokenness within us. And I think it's in the brokenness that we're able to serve the world in a bigger way. And mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, it's amazing. Yep. And, and the amazing thing about it is, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm years past that now. Um, but it's funny because, you know, I wrote this book to base. I'm going to, I'm going to read you the title with the subtitle. Um, Cause that sort of gives you the gist, but it, it's called champion your life, 10 power principles to navigate life's punches and achieve your dreams. 
Now, life's punches could be anything. It could be a medical condition. It could be a financial reversal. It could be a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one. It could be anything. But I think that what people do is they try to get back to where they were before, but they don't have a system. They don't have steps to take. So remember, I talked about the progression of going from being a spectator to a contender to a champion. I also came up with 10 power principles that are in this book. Five of them are to navigate the punches of life. And five of them are to punch forward or push forward to achieve your dreams. And what when I wrote this book, it was more to encourage and lift people up to the next level, no matter where they are in that progression or in that journey. The most beautiful thing happened. Some of the highest performers I have ever met read my book and said, I need you to coach me. And I'm like, okay, great. And what I came to find is that the people, and I call them seemingly successfuls. These are people that are professional athletes. These are people that are CEOs, doctors, lawyers, attorneys, pastors, um, people at the highest level of their game. I call them seemingly successfuls because in the world, they appear to be at the top of their game, but it's lonely at the top. And when people read my book, they said, I need you to coach me because I'm going through some stuff that I can't reveal to the rest of the world. So when you talk about transparency, that's very powerful. I can't reveal it to the, the rest of the world because, you know, my family thinks everything's okay. Or my entire company that's following me as the CEO thinks everything's perfect. And sometimes I think that if we can be relatable, if we can be transparent, um, you know, authenticity and transparency are big buzzwords, but no one ever goes in 100%. And I think that's a fraud. That's fraudulent. Um, if you've got a story that you've overcome and you can share it with other people who can either use that story to compel them to move forward or they can relate it to something similar that they're going through, I think that's what we are required to do with our lives. You know, because otherwise we're just an annoying echo of motivational messages that have been out there forever. It's just a new spin on an old thing. But we're given our experiences in life so that we can go through them and help lead other people out to their promised land, whatever that looks like in their life. Mm, Tom, it's so, oh my gosh, I'm so like inspired at this moment, but also it's like the conversation I needed to hear personally, and I'm sure the listeners need to hear, because I was just having a conversation with my husband about mm. this exact topic, because right. there was a story, I'm writing my third book, and there was a story um, there's a very vulnerable place that I go in, in my book and I was so afraid to share it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the reason I was afraid to share it is because if I share that part of me, if I share that pain or that hurt or that, that hard stuff, then, you know, how can I, how can I be relatable? And, you know, my job is to give positivity and hope, and I don't want to give that burden to somebody else. Like mm. my job is to inspire and motivate. And if I go to that dark place, if I go to that hard thing, then I'm going to be um, kind of bringing people down. So how have you found in your life that sharing the hard stuff has helped people recognize that they can overcome hard things as well? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I believe that it's the most important thing that you can do in your life. Um, and here's why. If, you know, this book did not have a boxing theme, uh, I use boxing theme in it just to like really add some texture and depth to the storyline. Um, I was never a boxer. As a matter of fact, I used to get 
my butt kicked a lot <laughs> uh, growing up, man. I was a target. I was a HVT. I was a high value target. Don't know why. Um, but man, I used to get in a, I used to get in a lot of scraps and I used to usually lose because <laughs> with my personality style, man, I just want to help people. I want to hurt them. So um, here's the thing, Allison. In 2012, I had been hearing this little whisper to find my voice. And like, I didn't really know what that meant. I just, it was sort of like it in the, in the movie field of dreams when Kevin Costner here, hears the, if you build it, they will come. Um, I just kept hearing, find your voice, find your voice, find your voice. And I'd been working with some of the greatest thought leaders in the personal development space and pastors in the Christian faith and, you know, teaching their content and things like that. And I just couldn't understand what find your voice meant. And I got a call from a Chinese lady in Switzerland who had seen one of my testimonial videos that I did for a church called, because I had lived in Las Vegas for 15 years. Um, it was called Sick of Sin City, but in love with Las Vegas. And I talked about um, basically the second, so the going through the depression and recovering from that over a long period of time, that was my first knockout. That was the first time that I like I said, I'd reached the pinnacle of success and I fell to the bottom <laughs> of the valley. And that's why I think it's so easy for me to relate to anybody. Like you said, you have something from the past that you don't know if you want to reveal. You know, when you go through depression, you can relate to any hurt because the depravity of depression, it gets so low sometimes that, you know, even if somebody has cancer or has lost a child, you have empathy and compassion in your heart because you know that the emotions that I felt are in on top of what they're going through. So when this lady had called me and said, the Lord told me to tell you to tell your story, to write a book. And I'm like, you're crazy. There's no way. First of all, I don't know you. And second of all, I, I, I do not want to share what I know I'm supposed to share. But I went on this journey and when I went on this journey to write this book, it took me five years to release the book, not five years to write it. It took me five years to release the book because I said to myself, how can someone that's going to motivate and inspire? Now, now here's the thing, Allison, I have a ton of success. I mean, success getting other people to success, but I didn't share what I had gone through unless it was a close, intimate relationship where I felt comfortable. But so I shouldn't have doubted that I could still release this book and help people get to success, but it was a mindset. And I know that in your next book, uh, keep going, you're going to be talking about an overcoming mindset. Like to, how do you overcome things? How do you become a champion? <laughs> how do you have the mindset of a champion? Right? Mm -hmm. So when this lady told me to write that book, it took me a long time of wrestling to say, how, much do I reveal and how deep do I go and writing a book and I've helped a bunch of authors pull their stories out. I've helped a bunch of speakers tell their stories, but I, I have come to find that when you wrestle with everything you went through and yes, you have to recognize all the hurt and sorrows again, but you, when you can recognize the growth or the way out that you found to get to the next level and you wrestle with that, it's time to put that to bed and it's time to share it with somebody else. And, and what I found in 2012, and I wrote a quote in my book, I thought it was from T.D. Jakes. I read a T.D. Jakes book called Destiny. And this is what I thought it said, that there comes a point in every person's life when 
it's time to step down from the shoulders of the giants that have gotten you to where you are. And when you step down, you recognize that you've become a giant yourself. And I realized that all my hurts had grown me into a person that I wouldn't have been if I hadn't gone through them. I realized that my, you know, your tests become your testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, those types of quotes are so powerful. But when you see one person, and I think that's an, un, you know, when most people say, oh, if I could just help one person, I think that's the statement of an underachiever. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. And I don't, I, I know that some of you live by that credo, but here's the better statement. It's not if I could just help one person. It's if you could have the courage to try to help one person. That's the real statement. Because you're going to try, you're like, oh, if I help one person, then it's all worth it. No, if you have the courage to try to help someone, just one person, you're going to impact many because one life changed affects the next generation and then the next generation or the next person at work that they talk to. Your desire to impact the world is going to come through your story. It's going to come through your successes because people will say, I want to be like Allison. I want to do the things that she's doing. But remember the progression, spectator, contender, champion. The people that want to be like you, Allison, and do what you're doing and impact people the way you're impacting them, they may never cross the line from being a spectator to becoming a contender because they think, oh, I can't do that. I Mm. suffered from depression. Oh, I can't do that. I lost my homes. Oh, I can't do that. I had a divorce. Oh, I can't do that because I'm not educated. Oh, I can't do that because I had to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. If they don't know that you went through stuff like they did, it may not be the same thing, but it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't know that you overcame adversity, they're like, I can't get there because. Mm. It's not fair for us, people that inspire and encourage and lift up other people. It's not fair for us to go out there and say that this is how wonderful life could be if we can't share with them. That's the way it is for me today, but that's not always the way that it's been. Oh, that's so good. And I think, you know, I think that's so true. And I love that you pointed that out because I think, you know, um, it's, it's in that pain, it's in that hurt, it's in those lessons that you can have the empathy and the understanding to serve in a bigger way and to help and people. And desire, right? Exactly. It's like (laughs) you do, you get to the point where when you understand how badly it hurts and you understand the excuses that are holding you back from, you know, being in that place where you're a spectator to being a contender, when you're in that place where you're like, oh my gosh, like I understand your excuses, my dear friend, right? I know there's so many people like I'll go speak on a stage and then the people will come up to me and they'll give me the excuse of why they can't go after their crazy huge goal or dream. And I'll look at them and I'll say, I get it. I understand you have this excuse that's holding you back. But my dear friend, what if, what if it worked? Like what if, what if you just let that excuse go and you move forward with imperfect action and intention and knew that it was going to work? Right. And I think, you know, when you can get to that place in your own life and it's not until you can in your story, the thing that's that it's kind of just brings me back to every single time that you share another piece of your story is when you are at your lowest and you're able to go from your lowest to to a place where you are 
um, taking care of yourself again, right? Because it starts with self taking care of yourself and understanding your worth and understanding your strengths and abilities. And then using that to serve in a bigger way and give people hope. Like there is just something so powerful in that, in that transition and in that growth that you went through. So I just, I, right now, like as I'm going and I like, I seriously, Tom, I had my hand over my head. Like as you were talking, I was like, preach. Oh yeah. Like this is fantastic. I just, (laughs) yes. So I wish you could see me doing that, but, um, it just, it's so powerful. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having the courage to try, right? Like, I mean, your courage to try and to get back up is what brought you to today. And Mm -hmm. it's really inspiring me. I know it's going to help listeners, but I know that it helps all the people that you touch, everybody that gets to hear your message and everybody that you speak with and that you share with. Right. And I think that that there's something so powerful in that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. So what are the two things you would say that helped you launch to the next level in your life? I am passionate. Uh, I, I am in a constant, people say, well, what do you, you know, what do you do to grow and what do you love to do? They're one and the same. I am, I am a, a continual learner. Um, my passion, like I would rather, you know, read a great book, um, on personal development or faith or psychology or mindset, um, than go to like a major sporting event. I mean, I just, I love learning. Uh, it's, it's a passion of mine. Um, but really, truly the, the, the main thing that's most important to me is my faith. Um, my faith as a Christian man, as a Christian leader, the one thing that I've been doing every day for 13 years is I get up early and I get up very early. I know people, you know, try to do the 5am club and the 4am club. I'm up just about every day of the year at about three o'clock, three thirty, And I spend about three hours a day in my faith, whether it's reading the Bible or devotionals or writing. Um, I've got two more books coming out. They're going to be similar to champion your life, but they're going to have sort of a faith-based narrative to that. Um, you know, I, I, I love listening to worship music and um, I just really let God guide my steps. Now I, I've, I've come to realize that, you know, I can try to open up doors um, in my own strength that I'm not supposed to open up and I can get discouraged. Um, but if I just sort of let God, if I listen to what the promptings are of God in my life and the directions that I can go, then it really helps me. So in order to be able to hear properly and in order to go to the next level, you have to work on your mind. You have to work on your heart and you have to work on your spirit. So those are the two things, learning and pressing into my faith. Mm. And I love that you said that you need to work on your mind, your heart, and your spirit. That's fantastic. Yep. Awesome. Um, so what is the one thing you do if you're having a difficult or stressful time? Like what's the like first step? Like Tom is, you know, having a bad day or something stressful has happened. What's the first thing that you would do? Same thing as step number two. <laughs> good, good. Hey, that's good I, though. That's I, helpful. I, I know where my power source is. It's think about it. If you know that your iPhone, if your battery's showing a, a red line around it, that it's going to go. What do you do? You plug into your source. You plug into your power source. And for me, it's 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 going back to my faith. Whether it's listening to a pastor or a faith based message, um, or it's just you know getting in the Word or reading you know some of the books that I read in that space. That that is. I'm telling you, 
when you go through depression, it's not only being depressed. It's not just depression. It's anxiety. It's fear. It's worry. It's doubt. It's everything. And I lived in that space for so long, but I was in a relentless pursuit to press in and find the thing, not medication that makes me feel better. What is the thing that helped me feel better? There's a story in the Bible and, you know, I don't know if many people know it, but there was a king, his name was Saul. And before David became king and killed Goliath and all that stuff, David used to play an instrument and King Saul was going through some anxiety and some worry. And David, he called David to play the harp for him or whatever instrument it was at that time. And so it's like, you'll find the thing that helps to soothe you, to calm you, to reset, to really give you, to just get you back on your foundation. And I think that that's really one of the most important things you have to do is find out what helps you get back to your center. And if you can figure that out, then the adversities don't, you know, throw you as much. They're still going to affect you, but at least you know how to get back to where you have to go. Um, to get refueled and recharged, you know, because here's the truth of the matter. And I love this quote by Mike Tyson. Um, I used to see Mike Tyson at the gas station all the time in Las Vegas. We lived right near each other, but he, he says this quote, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I know it's so good. And I don't even, it's so funny when I got that quote and then I saw him the next day at the gas station, I was like, Oh man, you're, you're somewhat of a philosopher as well. Um, But it's so true. You know, we think that life is going to be perfect and there's not going to be obstacles and opposition and there is going to be. So if you know that you're going to get punched in the face, if you know that you're going to have to navigate the punches of life, then you have to have a system to recover. You have to have a system to get back on your feet and stand. That's the acronym I use for um, navigating the punches of life. It's stand, stay Mm. calm, take notice, activate your power, navigate your obstacles and determine your next steps. S-T-A-N-D. It's as simple as that. It sounds so simple and it is. That's why people can't find it. It's right before, it's right in front of their faces and they're looking out into the horizon to find their answers. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, Tom, I want to thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom and your ideas and your thoughts and being vulnerable and authentic. I just, I'm just so grateful for who you are and how you're helping serve the world in a bigger way. And I want to encourage our listeners to to get your book, Champion Your Life, uh, because it is um, going to change your life. It's going to help you go to that next level in your life. And I think that that's really important. Many of the people that listen to this podcast are high achievers and they're trying to figure out what to do next. And um, they might be dealing with some adversities and some hard stuff. And a lot of times we don't know where to look for the stuff that's going to help us go to that next level. So this is definitely a book that you need to get. Um, Tom, I would love for you to share how people get a hold of you. Sure. Yeah, you can go to my website, uh, thomastelesco.com. That's thomastelesco.com. I'll spell out the last name. It's T-E-L-E-S-C-O, thomastelesco.com. There's a downloadable PDF there with just like the framework. Uh, The 10 power principles are there. You could also buy the books there. Um, My wife and I wrote another book together called Be the Exception as well, which is an incredible book, uh, 79 power principles to really you know, replan and reformulate your life um, to live the life that you're called to live. But Allison, I, I want to close out, um, if I may, with um, speaking to those high performers that you coach. 
um, those high performers that you write to, those high performers that listen to your podcasts and follow what you do. Um, you know, when when I talk about the progression of spectator to contender to con- to champion, um, people are like, well, I'm already a champion. I don't need to know anymore. Well, that's not true. And here's why. You know, if you think about in the Olympics, when someone gets a gold medal, a bronze medal, and what is it, bronze, silver, and gold, they all stand on the dais. They all stand on their level of the champion platform. But the person that wins the gold is always at the highest elevation. So here's what happens. When you become a champion in your life, let's say you accomplish that goal of making multiple six figures or building your first business or getting married or doing all these things. What happens when you do become the champion of the goal that you set out to achieve? You're at a different perspective. You're at a different level. And then what happens when you see out into the horizon, when you see into your future, now you start to recognize that there is a next level that you want to go to. And guess Mm -hmm. what happens? You may be standing in the champion spot, but you become a spectator again. You become a spectator to the next level of what that big dream is in your life. And that's what's happened to me over and over and over and over again. You can't see what's on the other side of a mountain until you get to the top. So good. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All of that. Oh, my gosh, Tom. That is absolutely fantastic and so true. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Tom. Appreciate you. And um, for the listeners, I will have Tom's website in the description of our podcast so you can click on it and get that. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And I'm sure you learned as much as I did today. It was just an awesome episode. And I look forward to next week's episode. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Allison. And to all your listeners, I just want to leave you with this. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Mm, So good. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com. 